high school each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice with your host, Keith Learning. Mikey McBeal. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Oh, the practice. Double the show, double the confusion. of us are wearing pants. Are you? Out of practice! And welcome to the Out of Practice What? No? Welcome to Out of Alley McPractice! <laughs> Here we are! We are going through David E. Kelly's Emmy Award winning series, plural, because this is a very special episode. We are doing part one of the Ally McBeal The Practice crossover. Are you excited, Degs? Um, I'm very excited, Keith. I've been I've been told to expect nothing less than absolute mayhem. So uh hopefully this delivers. Oh, it is definitely going to be mayhem. There's so much to uh to unpack here. Because these are two very different shows that we are going to try to combine in some sort of way that doesn't feel like tonal disaster. But I am tonally excited about it. So before we get into all the good stuff we have today, I want to just get a couple of logistics uh, straight with you because I want to get my brain properly uh, screwed on. So we are in season two of The Practice. We are in season two of The Practice, yes. But this is the tail end-ish of season one of Ally McBeal when we're going to, the episode we're going to visit today. That's right. That's right. So Ally McBeal premiered about six months after the practice did on Fox as opposed to ABC. Okay. So this is Fox in its, its earlier days. Yes. Well, I I would say it was like, I mean, it still had The Simpsons, Married with Children. I mean, it had a good stable of stuff going on. I think Married with Children was done. This was, but certainly, I mean, The Simpsons are still running. Oh, yeah. But but yeah, no, I mean, Fox at this point was a legitimate network, for sure. And in fact, uh, as we'll talk about, one of the reasons this is happening is because Ally McBeal had such better ratings than The Practice. Mm. Uh, So it was actually pretty well... This this show was a breakout hit its first season, the practice or the practice. No, the practice was not. Ally McBeal was. Um yeah, so it's a very interesting um situation here. As we talked about a little bit last week about how a cross network <laughs> uh crossover uh saved the practice in a lot of different ways. Um, so are, are you saying that the practice, much like the out of practice podcast, are slow burns? And potentially need a podcast crossover to reach the audience that we are destined to reach. 
Oh, definitely. So is there like a sillier, uh, less dark version of us <laughs> that we could cross over with? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Nobody, I guess our viewers haven't seen us, our listeners haven't seen us, so they they would know quickly that there is no less dark version of us. We are pretty <laughs> white as is. Uh, so, so true. All right. Well, we have so much to get yeah. through before we get to... Uh, Alley Mick practice. But first, we have some Filings and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Well, first off, before we hear from our good friend Tom Brady, uh, we have a message that came through uh, not via email, but via text from my brother, Sean. We have actually have a couple things from Sean this week. Oh, Sean, thanks for listening. Sorry. But it is, it is, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we apologize. <laughs> That's really all I had to say about yeah, that. Yeah, we shouldn't thank people for listening. We should apologize for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Our deepest condolences. Our deepest condolences. Uh, I, I hope it gets better. Uh, but so he, so Tom Brady has been giving us shit about not being tough, woodsy people. Right. And uh, so Sean, my brother, pointed out uh, via text the night we recorded the last episode, he shot and killed a raccoon with a bow in the woods in the middle of the night. So that's like... So what your brother's <laughs> pretended to be, he actually was and did. He literally bow hunted last week. Okay. And that's awesome. And he's already more masculine than I'll ever be. However, it's not like he went out and bow hunted a 10-point buck. I mean, he, sh he shot a raccoon? But, but with a bow. With a yeah, fucking bow and arrow. That is pretty badass. Why did he do that? He didn't have a pellet gun or anything like that? I... Why did he do that? There's so many, so many questions. But I, know, I need it's a little context in that he story. did. <laughs> no, I mean it's. Uh, I I think the raccoon was, was fucking with the house. Okay, and he was like, "Fuck that! I need my bow and arrow." I think so, and I, you know, honestly, I think the bow and arrow was probably the most interesting way to do it. Besides which, I think it was in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. and I don't think I like my father has a gun, but he wasn't gonna like to shoot next to the house in the middle of the night and wake everyone up. All right. Well, here's what I think then. In order to congratulate, sh both congratulate Sean and pat ourselves on the back for I indirectly now being much more masculine. We're so of tough, it. guys. Yeah. We're so tough. But to honor Sean's pedigree as a sound designer, okay, I'm going to shoot the arrow orally, and you're going to be the raccoon being struck by the arrow. Okay, right. Okay? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> Ow! Wait, hold on! I didn't even shoot oh, it oh, yet, oh. man. Okay, what? that was just what? me. That was me getting the arrow. That was an I mean, that arrow was going for like a mile. No, I didn't shoot it yet. I was getting it out. I'm fumbling through. <laughs> now I'm putting up. <laughs> Ow! Oh my god! I'm just an innocent raccoon. I have a family. Oh, God, I'm dying. Oh, the pain, the pain. Blood, blood everywhere. Oh, I've wasted my life. Ah! Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah great, great. Okay, <laughs> that, that really didn't go as well as I had expected or hoped. <laughs> <laughs> Has anything on this podcast, Absolutely including not. this podcast, ever gone as well as you'd hoped? Nope. 
So uh, we also heard from Tom Brady. Let's hear what Tom has to say this week. Tom Brady says, hello, guys. Really sorry that I missed your last episode. I was sharpening my AR-15s and just lost track of the time, I guess. But I'm super excited for your crossover <laughs> episode. Yours and Tom. Tom. And with a amazing picture uh, that he morphed of Ally McBrady. Wait, I didn't get the picture on my... It's not coming through on it's my... It's not coming through your phone. Yeah, because there, there was an amazing picture last week, too, uh, of Tom with the Oopsie Trophy crying. So I, I, I looked in myself, and I was like, this is some amazing Photoshop happening right there. So we truly have an Ally McBrady... And uh, very glad that you're keeping your AR-15 sharp. I understand that a dull AR-15, is you're more likely to cut yourself. So you want to really do keep it sharp. I think it's only fair that we compile a collage of all of the pictures Tom Brady's sent thus far and maybe shoot that out on the social media. Oh, totally. Yeah, you, we, we can do it by season. So we, we can do all of the season two <laughs> yep. Tom Brady See, folks, pictures. this is what happens when you're the first person to impersonate Tom Brady. You get rock star status on the podcast i'd say i I'd, I'd go as far as to say he's the revolving third chair no i fair yeah, fair enough well uh, although we have a couple of new entries ah. that may be in competition with mr brady and we it's time to mr foreman the jury has reached its verdict madam four person has the jury reached a verdict welcome to the jury what say you we have some new jury members this week. Oh, man. It's amazing what just one note on the bass can do. <laughs> well, there's a couple. There, there was like That's right. There's notes. pickup notes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I rolled into it. Nice. Oh, God, no, I have a family. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Wrong, <laughs> wrong sound cue. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, Angel Ray 0802 says very cool, very cool podcast, which uh, very much appreciate, very succinct, not necessarily true, uh, but very much appreciated. Welcome to the jury, Angel Ray 0802. I'm guessing her birthday, his birthday is August 22nd. Or August of 2002. Or maybe he lost... Could, could be a millennial vis oh, uh, listener. wow. Listening to the pod, the practice. Yeah, I, I very much doubt <laughs> that we have any millennial listeners who remembered listening, watching the practice five years before they were born. You know, Keith, if you find the correct uh, website, it'll tell you that you and I are millennials. Not me. Maybe you. No, no I, I'm a I'm a zennial or whatever the heck is between Generation X and are you Millennial. Were you born seventy nine? Uh, eighty, but early eighty. <laughs> oh, it's over for us. <laughs> I'm not even a millennial. I can't wait. Uh, my my twenty year high school reunion is this November, and uh, I can't wait till people are like, "What do you do?" And I'm gonna have to be like, "I do a." Uh, a, a practice podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, my 20 year was last year, and I just flat out didn't go. Well, yeah. I mean, what what was it? A bunch, just a bunch of people like sticking their dicks in tree sap holes. You know, I, I, that that statement. I, I, we're we're going to come back to that. <laughs> okay. We're going to come back to that, but we have to do, we have to talk to the jury first. You're right. You're right. Okay, so the next jury member is Bad Gal Lunny. 
who is also on Instagram at LRM underscore entertainment underscore media. Mm. Is our uh, now a good friend of the podcast said, addicted, 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 said in my Lindsay Dole voice. <laughs> Only true fans of the practice will catch that reference. Where has this podcast been all my life? Keith and Michael are amazing. Listen to the out of practice. Uh, listening to out of practice on my morning commute is a breath of fresh air. Linda, A.K. the practice Uber fan. Thank you so much, Linda. Yeah, welcome. Linda. Welcome to the jury. Yes, you uh, you are, I would say, that is a very nice review, in fact. And we did, we're not soliciting gr- good reviews. Remember, good, bad, or indifferent, you're on the jury. You're on the jury, because we, we still might get convicted. However, a good one like that might make you the four-person. And as Keith and I can attest, being the four-person is pretty special. Well, you have been the four-person. I, I have, have never been, I was just a person-person. That's because I'm smug, Keith. <laughs> if you recall you know what we're gonna circle back to that statement oh, too. two for two i should say that uh linda brings up a pretty pretty good idea uh our podcast i guess is what you could consider long form as it's coming it's usually around <laughs> it's not short form an for hour sure. and 40 to two hours but <laughs> since it's only weekly i suppose if you have a 10 to 30 minute commute you know you can get through a couple of mornings listening to us and pause and you- leave off right the next day you could, although I feel like we're not the podcast you start with. See, in in my in my podcast list, I have like the order that I listen to them. They come out each week, and like these are the top priorities: the medium, this is whatever. And I feel like our podcast is like, oh, you know, I've got one more commute, and I listen to all the big ones. All right, that one's fine. There are a few I queue up for like long flights or for like long drives or subway rides. However, if you are like Linda and you are an uber fan of the practice, I don't see why the probably one and only practice podcast would be not be atop your list. No, true. And and Star Trek The Next Conversation is always uh, high on my list after the news. Uh, yes, after another unofficial another unofficial sponsor, another unofficial unsolicited co-partner of the Out of Practice podcast. The co-partner. The, <laughs> <laughs> so last week they were just like jabbering about stuff, and uh, they were looking at where their listeners were in the world. It's like, oh, how interesting. They're like, oh, let's just look at the last episode that we dropped, and. So they're talking about, like, there were countries that had only one listener, and they're like, oh, Canada, there's like 10,000 of you, so uh, you should all get together. So they had 10,000 listens in Canada alone for that one episode. We are not even a bug on their windshield. No, that's true, but let's take a look at the properties. You know what I mean? They're different, different niches. Well, I mean... There's crossovers in the Venn diagram, but... You know, the practice is a bit more of a niche. I had not even barely, it was a barely a blip on my radar. Oh, but how long ago did we start this? 12 years ago? Something like that. Yeah, as well as the last time I saw you in person. <laughs> God, that's a crazy. <laughs> Remember that podcast a couple weeks ago where we were like, we're absolutely going to the movies, and then we just didn't do it. And no, you were we're like, going to. we're going to go to a hockey game, and then we just didn't do it. No, we're totally going to, though. Okay, cool. Uh, totally. Great. Okay, so I have one more treat. Okay. Be- before we move further in because uh previous list or jury member sean and someone that we've talked about a lot recorded for us yesterday 
unbeknownst to me, entirely of his own accord, an advertisement for Out of Practice. No. To play on our sister podcast, Wisdom of One. I can't wait to hear this. So he sent it to me, and this is entirely of his own. This is what he wrote and did, (laughs) which makes it funnier because I had nothing to do with it. Okay. Here we go. The television show The Practice? No, I never watched it either. It's some kind of courtroom drama type thing. Yeah, I don't know. Not my bag at all. But believe it or not, the podcast Out of Practice has made me suddenly care about this show for some reason. I suddenly care which confident but not really that confident hot lawyer Bobby Donnell is sleeping with at the moment. I suddenly want to know which thinly veiled liberal agenda talking point is being argued by some B-level guest star this week. And I really, really want to know why some people are wearing pins that are shaped like wooden chairs. Whether it's Keith's holier-than-thou tone of voice or Michael's constant thirsty, thirsty sexual innuendos, they have successfully gotten me to care about a show that I would have never given the time of day before. So check out Out of Practice on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. And now, Laser Sounds. Okay, a couple of comments. I have a weirdly... uh, um affectionate slash man crush on your brother um (laughs) for that it's well i mean especially since he called you out for being thirsty in the the yeah so that makes me kind of love him a little bit uh (laughs) the audio quality of that was 1200 times of that of our actual podcast Uh, well actually not true he recorded at work on his like temp mic he was he's gonna redo it because he was he thought like Uh, that didn't meet his standards it's still still stands truthful um and lastly um i'm that's really touching actually that's sort of something i uh, something i i didn't know if we could achieve was actually make anybody who wasn't an uber fan give a shit but even my wife and my brother, who granted are related to me, all, and, and Sean is related to you, uh, his voice is much less annoying than yours, it turns out. Um, that's that's true of most yeah, people. He's got like an NPR kind of jam going on. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I won't get too into the weeds. To Thank you so much. That is, that is well appreciated. I hope that that airs somewhere other than... Uh, I guess we have to do a Wisdom of One now. Oh, oh we absolutely do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, and we're actually working on it, but you and I should do one as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, and I, I, t- <laughs> I also told Sean. I don't know. I, I, I might do it, or he might do it. We definitely need a Keith is being uh, preachy and condescending bumper, and a Mike is thirsty bumper. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> bump bumper. <laughs> I, I haven't met her, but I'm into it. <clears throat> oh my goodness! All right. Well. Look at that, kids. We're 20 minutes into the podcast, and we haven't even gotten to... This Day in the Basement. Okay, so we are talking about April 27th, 1998. It was a Monday night, and certainly a monumental night in the world of the practice, and Ally McBeal, and primarily David E. Kelly, super producer. Uh, So my question to you is, what were you doing? On April 27th, 
1998. Well, Keith, we always talk about what we were doing that day in the basement. And since this is a crossover episode, which means it's not our regularly scheduled podcast, I thought I'd okay. put the script a little bit on you and, oh. uh, and uh, say that instead of discussing what we were doing on that specific date, maybe we should discuss crossovers. Is there a time in your life, a story you can think of off the top of your head, now that I'm just making you think of this on the spot, Okay. Where you had to go totally off brand, totally like in a different genre, a different tonality of life, uh, much like the the I think I've told the story already on this podcast. I'll give you a quick example. Okay, good. If because I've probably already said it. Um, there was a time in my life, as you know, I'm kind of tongue in cheek. I am a musician, an actor, things like that. We we usually stay in our lane, but for a period of time, I worked for a global women's human rights organization called Equality right. Now. You, you have mentioned that. You can yeah. check them out at equalitynow.org, where I was working on a campaign uh, to end female genital mutilation worldwide. So, as you can imagine, that was quite a tonal shift for me. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you probably wonder how the hell I existed there, and it wasn't very long that I did. I knew when to get in and get out. But that would be an example, Keith. So can you think of a time in your life, artistically, professionally, or just uh, personally, that you had to totally, tonally shift, jump genres, and sort of cross over? Well, you know, it's that's a really good question, because I feel like I, tonally, as a person, n never stay in one place for any amount of time. You know, I'm a, I'm a... I'm a music nerd, a theater geek, this, that, the other thing. But I also, like, played hockey. And, uh, you know, genre-wise, musically, I went to opera school, but, like, I write rock shows. So I, I think the only... <clears throat> the best example of that uh, would be the fact that I ever dated people. <laughs> because the only thing I was ever have ever been totally consistent about is being a big dork. <laughs> and and I, I think convincing a lady to like me was probably the biggest tonal shift of my life. <laughs> now, I imagine that if you were speaking about your wife, that she must have known from the get, or did you think you had pulled the wool over her eyes and made and make, made her think you were cool to begin with? Oh, I pulled no wool over no eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that no, un unfortunately. Uh, I am a big dork in all possible situations, so there's there's no fooling that. I can even play a character that's not a dork. Um, I'll also share when I was in fifth grade, I think I I was you know I sang in choir and stuff, but I was never really a big musician. And I got asked to sing, uh, be a part of uh, three kids singing with Rosemary Clooney and uh, Kenny Rogers at this Christmas concert uh, at oh, the geez. Valley at the Valley Forge Music Fair in Pennsylvania. So. I didn't even know who Rosemary Clooney was at the time. I was a little kid, but I knew it was a big deal to sing in front of all these people. And the big thing was they told each of us, she's going to pick one of you to kind of have a chat with. So think of a funny story or tell a funny tale because this was a Christmas concert. Sure. Um, so we we go up there and we're singing. And it was like, I, I, I can't even remember what we were singing. It's all a blur. But I do know that earlier that day, my cat had attacked me because I stuck my face too close to it and was, you know, just being an annoying kid, however old I was. And my cat, like, clawed the hell out of my face. I was like a bloody, 
victim. Oh, shit. So my mom obviously got mad at me, and she's like, you're supposed to be on stage tonight, blah, blah, blah. And she just slathered my face in Neosporin and Vaseline. No makeup, no attempting to make me look less like a, <clears throat> you know, a horrifically murdered victim slasher of a bear attack. Yeah. Yeah. No, she just sends me up there all lathered and shiny in Neosporin and Vaseline on stage with a music legend. And you know where this is going. Here it is. It's like, a very merry Christmas. It's all happy and jingly and wonderful. And there she goes. She looks at me and she calls me over. She pats me on the back. She's Rosemary like, Clooney. Rosemary Clooney. She, oh, here I go. Center stage. Keep my big moment. She looks at me and with a horrified face, I think she's going to, I'm prepared for like, what did you do? What are you doing for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What did blah, 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 anything like that. Instead, she goes, what happened to your face? <laughs> and of course, I was like, oh, my, my cat attacked me. And she goes, oh, my goodness. And are you okay? And it becomes all about the cat attack in front of all of these people. And so I think that that. That total inconsistency from inconsistency from wonderful Christmas concert to oh my god this poor child has been attacked what kind of parents do you have in front of what had to be three thousand people uh, oh is, will serve as is another uh, another crossover episode in my life. Okay, well, <clears throat> I, I I won't tell the story for too long because we, we've already gone for this and it's a great it's, it's another wonderful Sean story because Sean uh, had a very similar thing the uh, Sesame Street came to Burlington and did a show and I forget oh, what was his name but he was the guy who sang these are the people in your neighborhood whatever and so Sean who in was probably like in your neighborhood oh yeah he awesome. was probably like four five very very little and so he was so they had like local kids come by and like the little outfits of the people in the neighborhood <laughs> and he was and he was the uh he was the mailman and so everyone just like walked across the stage, gave a wave, and then exited the stage. Well, Sean did not exit the stage. He stayed right there, center stage, and he had to finish the entire song holding Sean's hand because he would not <laughs> leave the stage. It is time to talk about this day in the world and what was going on. But just like you did with this day in the basement, I've called an audible because this is a special episode and... The next episode we're going to do, the Ali McPractice spinoff part two, because these two episodes aired back to back on the same night, oh. all of our This Day in the World will do next week. So what I did is I investigated April 27th, and here are some important things that happened on April 27th. On April 27, 1296, the Scots were defeated by Edward I in the Battle of Dunbar. In 1509, Pope Julius II excommunicated Venice, the entire city of Venice, which at that point was a city-state. You know what? They deserved it. Those heathens. Clearly. In 1861, West Virginia seceded from Virginia after Virginia seceded from the Union during the Civil War. Okay. Interesting. Kind of backwards now. They never rejoined, huh? They never did, and then flipped sides today. In 1880, Francis Clark and M.G. Foster patented the electrical hearing aid. What the was first that? Electrical, the first electrical hearing... Fuck you. <laughs> that was really funny. Well played. That was really fast. The first electrical hearing aid in 1880, if you'd believe that. 
And finally, in 1982, John W. Hinckley was acquitted by reasons of insanity for shooting Reagan. That's crazy that he was acquitted. Well, I mean, he was crazy. Well, I mean, that's, that's legitimate. You could hear from his, uh, you can hear from his song. When was the hearing aid again? 1880? 1880. So here we are in almost 2020, and I have basically a hearing aid when I wear my AirPods, and those things only stay charged for three hours before they just die. You'd well, think I'm, in all those years we could have come up with some better uh, batteries for those little things. Well, I, I'm not feeling that the, these electrical earring, hearing aids were probably wireless. That's fair. But you never know. Okay, guys, it's time. It is time for Allie McBeal. This episode was season one, episode 20, entitled The Inmates. It was written by series creator David E. Kelly, who created both series. And I have to say, I when looking into this, I am blown away. This guy was not only writing almost all of the episodes of a network hour-long show, he was writing almost all the episodes of two hour-long network shows a week, which is certain. I think he and Aaron Sorkin were like in a battle because Sorkin was writing West Wing and Sports Night at the same time. I don't know how he did it. It's unbelievable. Uh, it was, was also was he also directed- serving as uh, executive producer or anything like that? Of course he was. He was EP creator, showrunner, head writer. Busy man. Busy man indeed. This show was directed by Michael Schultz, uh, who directed The Practice Part 5, Search and Seizure, Spirit of America, and Pursuit of Dignity. That so, was a good one. That was a good one. Yes, it was. Uh, all right. So I just want to, before we start this, give you a very basic rundown of what the hell is happening on Ally McBeal and what Ally McBeal is. Okay. And uh, I would say that Ally McBeal is a... Mostly a romantic comedy set in a law firm with some goofy cases, um, but most of them are civil, comedic, um, not really criminal cases. Uh, and it's head uh, that Alan McBeal's played by Callista Flockhart. Other major cast members were Courtney Thorne Smith, Smith, Greg German, Lisa Nicole Carson, Jane Krakowski, Broadway's Jane Krakowski from uh, Thirty Rock. And, uh, uh, shoot, what's that other show? Anyway, she's great. <laughs> Peter McNichol <laughs> from Ghostbusters 2 and Gil Bellows from Ally McBeal. So in this law firm, uh, I, I don't know how much of this story is relevant, but, uh, Callista is a young lawyer. She fell in love with the dude. The dude moved away. She moved back to this law firm and then, uh, found that he was working there. And huzzah, like, blah, 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 stuff happens. So, uh, I think it's time to drop ourselves into still Boston, but like a happier, higher budget Fox Boston. Keith, all I have to say is that in on IMDb, which I've learned that I should keep pulled up just so that I can remember people's names. Yes. Um, usually here's where we would put... What does Mike think's gonna happen? But today we're gonna call it Plot Keywords. Now, <laughs> okay. 
Great. Uh, there's a section under the uh, storyline area that I'm not going to read because I don't want to spoil it for myself, but it's called plot right. keywords. And I guess it's an algorithm that collects most of the keywords that have been tagged with this episode that are most often searched. Yes. I want to just read the five plot keywords for this episode yes. because I find them to be an interesting menagerie. Okay. Plot keyword number one in the algorithm. Man hits a woman. Plot keyword number two. Lawyer. I'd like to point out that man hits a woman appears before lawyer. It sure does, yeah. Plot keyword number three. Slap. Slap. Uh, plot keyword number four. Gay waiter. Okay. Plot keyword number five. Bigotry. Okay, so now combine those keywords and give me a plot synopsis of what you think is going to happen. <clears throat> In this week's episode of Ally McBeal, a gay waiter slaps a lawyer whilst arguing about bigotry and then is sued because a man hit a woman. Oof. Okay. That was, uh, you know that was what? Tough. The no, no, but that that actually was coherent, and I have to say, I well, well done to you, sir. All right, well, Keith, uh, I know everybody is chomping at the bit, but we have ninety seconds to kill to try to sell a podcast service. Yes, we do. But here's the thing: when you come back from this, I'm going to have two really funny pieces of trivia about Ali McBeal. Okay, well, we're back, and I've been expecting some trivia. Okay, well, here's the trivia that is going to be interesting. Uh, according to IMDb, again, which we are going to take as the truth, even though that's foolish because the internets are always true. <laughs> uh, one of the main characters on Adam McBeal, the owner of the firm called Richard Fish, who is played uh, by Greg German, uh, was somebody important auditioned for that role. And that was Stephen Colbert auditioned to play that role. Crazy. Way back when, yes. And the practice related, one of the people who auditioned for Allie McBeal and got really far was Lara Flynn Boyle. And David E. Kelly liked her so much, he wrote her the part of Helen Gamble on the practice. Hmm. So hmm. there you go. And we can definitely tell <laughs> based on Lara Flynn Boyle and Calista Flockhart what David E. Kelly's type is. And mine. <laughs> Your type is anything that's breathing or has recently breathed. <laughs> or can shoot raccoons with a bow and arrow. <laughs> I love yes. them for some reason. They're, they're hitting on your brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's... This, that, this is, that might, you know, we've done a lot of weird things on this episode, but you hitting on my brother might be the most awkward thing we've talked about so some would call it uh tonally inconsistent it would it would it crossed over into something i wish hadn't <laughs> happened ladies and gentlemen may i present to you ally mcbeal season one episode 20 the inmates i'm so excited guys gay yeah he was pretending? It's a little ridiculous, Richard. The first voice you heard was Ali McBeal. Why would a man pretend to be gay? <laughs> hey, just got a call I just do, from I do it for the podcast. Her husband's for dead. comedy. She's been placed under arrest. we got to go to the scene and meet her. Come on. 
what do you mean? Go, go to the scene, the, the crime. You know, I've always thought that Callista Flockhart's incredulous face is mm-hmm. very awkward looking. Well, it's supposed to. She's incredulous. Hmm. Well played. Hmm. Crime scene? Called acting. Yes. With, there, there's a dead guy there? Yes, Allie, it's a homicide. Uh-uh, I'm, I'm not going anyplace where there's somebody dead. You, you know I have a thing about that. Allie. You, you go with him. He's your husband. Oh, now he's my husband. Come on, it's a wealthy client. We gotta go. I know that guy. Yes, that is Gil Bellows. Uh, oh, that's Gil. the character. <laughs> the actor ah. is Billy Thomas, uh, who you might know from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yes, that's what it is. He played the guy who gets, uh, well, no spoilers. Yeah, from that, <laughs> that even older movie <laughs> that literally the entire planet has seen a hundred times on TNT. It's one of those movies you can't not watch. Wow. Okay, so we've shifted to a crime scene. It looks very similar to the house that they, uh, that woman who murdered her husband's house. That we visited inappropriately. Yes. Ooh, bloody handprint on the wall. We're gonna take the murder weapon out to the evidence locker. Yeah, go ahead and stack. And there's a dead person on the ground, there's a bloody axe. Three lawyers. She's in custody in the kitchen. Says she doesn't remember anything. Okay, she's represented. No more talking to her. I'd like to see her, please. Michael. Allie McBeal's looking at the body. He's even more dead than I thought. thought. Oh, zing. He's even more dead than I thought. That's the most dead person I've ever seen. Allie. (gasps) You two wait here. I'll see Mrs. Hanson. Unsolicited jump scare. There's the killer. Client, Allie. Client? Right. The client is the victim's wife. Mrs. Hanson, I'm Billy Thomas from Cajun Fish. Don't say anything. I'll meet you at the police station. Do not say anything. So, Alan feels a little jumpy, eh? Alan McBeal looks horrified. I think she fainted? She just, she just fell to the floor for the first time of the episode. Should we keep a count? We uh, should. That's I've one. got blood on me. I'm a suspect. I, I think... Uh, bye. That's and it. she's down for the second time. Okay! Oh. And now we are hearing the theme song of Ally McBeal. Which sounds much more like a, you know, a song that is opposed to a bunch of weird noises. This is very, what a great country jam. But you can definitely tell tonally. The theme song tells us we're in a different tonal place. I think the two faintings really did the same. Jane Krakowski. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy from Ghostbusters 2. You did okay. Now I see you're talking about. That's right. Peter McNichol. We're hearing Vonda Shepard sing, who is both. I gotta tell you. Does most of the soundtrack and is on the show frequently. That intro really got me going. Right. Right. So stop it there for a second. Okay. One of the things that I already like about this intro is guiding us tonally mm-hmm. from a very silly place to like a dark murdery bloody place and seeing 
uh, the characters react to that as like, oh my god, I'm not prepared for this. It it does feel like we're we're slowly moving into the practice tone. I think it's already a good start. The other thing we're seeing here is a helicopter shot. So clearly, there's a budgetary difference between <laughs> one show and the other. Ratings show. will do that, will they not? Sure will. Also, their music is played by real instruments. So there's a big music budget difference as well. I'm seeing under the guest starring that basically the entire firm is going to be appearing in this episode. I thought it was there's just the Bobby. reason we're doing it. There's nothing to be embarrassed about, Allie. A, a crime scene is shocking. It's your first homicide. Uh, so we're seeing uh, him talking reason, to her while chickens. she's in a bathroom stall. One of the quirks about this show is they have a unisex bathroom in this firm. Hey, John. Yeah. Not Elaine. talking to Allie. No. Yes. Unacceptable. So the score, very different tonally. I know it keeps throwing me a little bit. Bloody, I can't sleep. And she did it. She claims she remembers nothing. Right, killed her husband, slipped her mind. It happens. They got evidence. Prints on the weapon, blood on the clothes. It doesn't look very good. This is over our heads. Why? This will be a high-profile homicide. She did it. If we win, we're heroes. We pulled off a miracle. If we lose, the wacko goes to jail. Justice is served. Lynn win I, I agree with John. That's We've Gerben. never done a homicide. Criminal law is not our strength. We should refer this out. We don't need to refer it out. Did you know that John's afraid of chickens? They make him faint. Jane Krakowski can do no wrong. She really can. She was already Three, two, at many seven, Broadway seven, shows one. on her belt. Commonwealth versus Marie Hansen. Murder and Wave the... reading, plead not guilty. We'd be opposing bail. Mrs. Hansen has no criminal record, Your Honor. This is the first charge she's been involved with. Well, this would be quite a debut then. She has strong ties to the community. There'd be no risk. All right, I think it's time to. Lady who possibly murdered her husband with an axe. But she doesn't remember. That suspected murderer, speaking of Broadway, is Broadway's Donna Murphy. Who uh, you would know from Tangled, Mercy Street, Spider-Man 2, and, of course, Star Trek Insurrection. She got to make out with Picard in a movie. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. But she also, on Broadway, we would know her as the original Fosca from Passion. I saw her in uh, People in the Picture. She was the uh, cover and replaced uh, Bette Midler in Hello, Dolly recently. She was also in, I saw her in Love Music, one of the most boring shows I've ever seen on Broadway. <clears throat> Sorry, she was great. Uh, the King and I and Edwin Drood. Oh, Jean Picard, beam me up. Back. I have Maybe a song basically a about that. I don't think we need that, Mr. Dawson. We'd be willing to post a substantial bond, Your Honor. No bail. The defendant will undergo a psychiatric examination to determine competency, and the police will retain custody of the hatchet. We will conference on Tuesday to set schedules. Adjourned. You know, this is a very high-profile case. They're going to need a high-profile defense you know, attorney. Some, perhaps uh, uh, some defense attorneys who are really good at getting murderers off? Mm. Ooh, who would they go to, maybe? You can't fire somebody because of their sexual identity. Of course you can. Your client said he was gay. He's not. He got fired. See? It happens. So you're admitting that he was discharged for being straight? Oh, yeah. You're prepared to say that to a judge? Yes. 
in open court. Look, we caught your client at a hockey game. How gay can he be? Hey, oh, be wait a minute. Stop right held, there. That held up. That held up pretty good. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have been to multiple hockey games with gay people. We have a great time. I'm just going to let that sit for a second. <laughs> Actual argument. This is a French bistro. You need somebody fay to move the cream brulee. Yeah, we got a business to run. Wow. This guy's a piece of work. He sure is. I don't remember anything. I just Donna. remember going to bed. I woke up and I was outside. And this policeman brought me back. Ellen Beale is literally hiding there. behind her co counsel in terror. Was it's he with funny. you when you went to bed? Now she's biting no, his shoulder. I guess he came home after. I suffer from like Donna cuts. Murphy is giving it to us, oh, I, I and she's and biting Alista his shoulder. Is biting his shoulder. Yeah, we have some tonal changes you say you <clears> for the show. Cuts. Have you ever been treated for this? Yes, I, I, I have a doctor. He's a, he's a psychiatrist. He's got me on medication. Is anybody else in the house besides you and your husband? No. Nobody else lived there, or no? She's chewing his shoulder. Sorry. Is there anything else you could tell us? Do you know of anybody who would want to harm your husband? Mr. Don Murphy's got like already crying. I must have killed him. And she's giving this performance. doing it. While Callista is biting. I do remember swinging a hatchet. She is funny. Do me a favor. Move off a little. No wonder Harrison Ford got the hot me Indeed. This no is one? Lisa Nicole Carson, Never seen who is Ally McBeal's and roommate. Do you think he's just going to march over here and ask you out? Ten bucks. All right. Bet. <laughs> she drops her purse very... And then Ostentatiously. Gives the come hither. Mm -hmm. Is that Isaiah Washington? It sure is. All right, we'll do it. Guy getting seduced. Guy we, I just ruined. <laughs> that guy is surprisingly, shockingly, Isaiah Washington, who, of course, we know from Grey's Anatomy, Ghost Ship, The 100, Wild Things 2, and for not being a big fan of gay people. You want to ask me out? Well, um, sure. Call me. Yes, sass appeal. I will. Allie McBeal. This feels like a really long beat. An unrelated story. It. We're about to introduce the entire cast of that another series. Fair. <laughs> but we had that long beat. But I guess it needs to be story. Well, they paid the band for the session it's fee. They're like, we might as well use all this. Think of the publicity. You like publicity. Billy, I don't mind losing, but high-profile losing, not good. We'll refer it out. We'll still get to split the fees. I can do this case. I know. I was with you, but the more I thought, in the long run, crime doesn't pay. At least not for the lawyers. Let's farm the case, and victory will take So that was going to be Stephen Colbert, the, the guy talking? John. Yeah. Who's the big hitter in town on murder? I could see that. Who's the big hitter on murders? Is that 
And we are Cricket. into the... Hey! There it is! Hey! We're on the practice. Oh, Laser sounds. We are scanning across the office looking you? at our cast. And... Judging by the shape of the office and Rebecca Cricket's beautiful new haircut, it's actually seems to be shot relatively recently. Uh, yes, yeah, I think I think we have burned off the season one episodes. <laughs> uh, Richard Fish, we called uh, client husband Hatchet. Bye, guns. How can we help? Yes, Eugene. Keith, I feel like such a dweeb. I'm. <laughs> I knew exactly what was going to happen. But yet, you got excited I, anyway. I'm, I'm geeking out. I am geeking out. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's Eugene! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I find myself celebrating every entrance. No, I, I, we should totally uh, be giving we'd entrance like to applause. Talk about a referral. Is Mr. Donald here? Bobby, oh, Bobby, Bobby, yeah, Bobby Donald, <laughs> Richard Fish. Uh, we represent Marie Hansen. Uh, uh, Rebecca filled me in. Why don't you want to do it yourselves? We would. Bobby Donald, who do you need me to bang? We're just concerned for our image. You know what the world thinks of criminal attorneys, bottom-feeding scum suckers. Can't have that image running to the firm. Though on you, it looks good. Little <laughs> sut there. Client has Eleanor! money, piles and piles and single now, too, if anybody's looking. A little more. Hey, Did he say he, she has soot on her chin? Yes, yes. I believe uh, implying that they are the evil empire. Evil lawyers. Got it. Because they do criminals. Oh, just uh, taking a moment. Look, this is money and profile. You could paint the place, even fumigate. You in? We'll think about it. <laughs> a lot of staring down and a lot acoustic of folk moments. guitar. Well, and that that music feels even more jarring when we're seeing the practice crew on the screen. Family group, they probably take. So when we see the Ally McBizzles on our show next week, will we be having the bad synth underscoring? Of course we will. Yeah. No, I, I have to say this in defense of Ally McBeal, and I actually like Ally McBeal. Uh, I, watched it, I watched it when it was on. One of the things that they do, they're not going to do it in this episode, but one of the things that I loved about it is it, it's practically a musical. There is a bar that they go to practically every night where they perform music numbers diegetically huh. within the story. So they bring on all sorts of like Broadway performers who go and sing entire songs on Adam McBeal. It's, it's, that's cool. It's fun. It's it. Uh, I can't imagine seeing, uh, you know, Helen up there singing, but it's a thing. I like to see unified Kelly verse signatures, such as the giant tie. That everyone's still wearing. Yeah. Oh yeah, those are enormous. Homicide's just to lighten up. The big one frightens me. He's a big fella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hey, Lindsay. Wait, did Lindsay just get sexy saxophone? She sure did, because Gil Bellows feels the same. Oh, yes, as you do about uh, well, everyone. What coming? I'm drawn to her. Did you say I'm drawn to her? <laughs> I'm drawn to her. Yeah, that's the thing he says on the show. Telling me he's coming back. We're seeing Allie watching an old detective show and still being very jumpy. She doesn't do well around uh, violence. Let me go. 
Oh, no. On a train, huh? Hey, what? where are you going? No! There's that no, wide-eyed incredulity. No, no, I can't move. I'm sick. She's like literally in a cartoon. No! Actually, sometimes literally on the show. Number three. You sneak upon me like I that? didn't sneak up. You said Ellie. That's your name. Even so, you don't you don't just walk into somebody's office and blurt out their name while handicapped people are getting thrown down stairwells. Is she always like this, Keith? <gasps> yes. What are you doing? Wound a little tight. I am trying yeah. to desensitize myself to murder so I can become a better lawyer. Why don't you just watch the news? <sighs> Billy, are we sure we want this case? Why shouldn't we? Because we'll mutate. We'll what? Mutate. We'll become the kind of lawyers who can look at a dead body and instead of saying why, we'll say reasonable doubt. You, you, you can't be a good criminal lawyer if, if murder horrifies you. And if it doesn't horrify you, then what are you then? Well, what are we going to tell ourselves when we get to that place, that, that we've arrived? Allie. We're attorneys. Sooner or later, You're it's going ABC. to get ugly. Why? Why can't we just stay tucked away in our little sheltered... What is so great about the real world? This is very meta, actually. Oh, it's it's practically breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Because, like, the, the practice exists in the real world, and Ellie McBeal does not. What's this about? Ratings? I, I'm just <laughs> exactly afraid that. that this case will rub off on us, and, and I like the law, but I prefer softcore. <laughs> See, again, like, totally breaking the fourth wall. Basically setting up the differences between the two shows. Uh, we'll be preparing most of the case, but for trial, we're, we'll be letting this other firm carry the ball. Okay. And who is this Bobby Donnell? Oh, he's supposed to be the best. He, he gets guilty murderers up all the time. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it like that. Yes, you did. I know you think I'm some kind of monster. You? No. We could be girlfriends. <laughs> like Donna is on the practice. You're right. I think you did it. And if we weren't separated yes. by these bars, I wouldn't be caught dead with you. Or maybe I would. <laughs> God. <laughs> I want you to talk to my psychiatrist. No, thank you. I have pips and I have a theme song. The last thing I need to do is see your shrink. Look how you turned out. I have a theme song? Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> good question. Me. One of the things that happens a lot on the show is we go into Allie's fantasies. Oh. And we see and hear what's going on in her head. And in a previous episode this season... She invented in her fantasy a theme song for herself that we hear. So that's what she's referring to. Show sure sounds a little batshit. It totally is. Oh. Oh. Speaking of, this day in the real world, uh, which no one will listen to this on the day we're recording it, it happens to be September 21st of 2019, if you happen to be listening. But today, Keith, I don't know if you knew this, was is Batman Day. I, d I did not know that. I didn't know Batman uh, got a day. He gets a day, and at the Domino uh, Sugar Refinery down in Brooklyn today, they're going to be using one of the actual things from the movies to project the bat signal on the refinery building all day. 
Uh, that seems like a a thing that we're doing. <laughs> non sequitur over. Right. You cannot make me go into court and that argue counts. that. That's four Why? times. That's Why? Four. It's okay to fire him for being straight because gay waiters sell more creme brulee? I do. Richard, you, you were building a niche. Disregard the Supreme Court. They're old. Women, per se, are disabled. Gays make better waiters. And blondes have dark roots. Oh. That was cool. This guy's a prick. I enjoyed it. He is indeed. What are you doing? I pulled a tricep when Richard yanked my arm. The doctor suggested I use an aid to take my moment. Uh. Oh, that's a okay. That's another recurring segment. He takes moments. You know much about his these guys? Hand on his yeah, nose flush. That's about it. Let's that's see how it plays out. Don't matter. Are you all right? Five. Are you okay? <sighs> Allie bumped uh, into I Bobby and fell down. I wasn't looking where I was going. It's, it's okay. Bobby Donald. Allie Donald. Mick McBeal. Bobby. Hey, hey. I mean, she is a bumbling moron. She... Sorry. She literally has done five pratfalls, and we're, what, 20 minutes in? Temporary insanity is certainly viable. She has Uh, no memory. I believe that the underscoring just indicated that her basement's flooded for Bobby Donald. authorization to meet with her shrink, which I'll do this afternoon. Sure, Falski. I want to be in on that. Who's the DA? Adam Dawson, you know him? He's good. What's the relationship between she and the victim? Not good. Or false. They've been having some problems. How so? It's... It's... You you sound like Jack Webb. Excuse me? David E. Kelly sits in that office and he's like, all right, who's going to fall for Bobby today? How can I make Bobby look hot? Who's going to want Bobby? Do you think Bobby is in any way a uh, stand-in for David E. Kelly and David E. Kelly's own mind? Ooh, yeah, boy. I mean, I I don't have to be a a brain doctor to imagine (laughs) that might be true. And P.S. We're 15 minutes. Guy, sorry, guys. Minutes into the show, the, the she's fallen down five times. Shape. He is so yummy. What caused? Wait, time out. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me explain this to our viewers. If you like me, dear viewer, dear listener, have never watched Ally McBeal before. You might not believe what I'm about to say, but she's talking to Bobby and Bobby's talking to her and she just morphed into a dog with Allie McBeal's hair that is panting heavily. She sure did, guys. Uh, Keith, I assume we have a screenshot of this. Oh, that's been gift many times. Okay, great. So, uh, yeah, no. We're not uh, 100% sure she suffers from temporal Bobby seizures Donald. and... That happened in the same scene as him. Is it possible that she had some kind of seizure and just went wacko? I'm not a big fan of the term wacko. What if she killed him right before having a seizure? Is it possible she wouldn't remember it? Yes, she could have done it during a blackout. While unconscious? Blackout doesn't mean unconscious. It's more like sleepwalking. Do you think she's capable of... All right, let's do it. Very comfortable. Therapist! Guy whose services are absolutely needed right now. Absolutely needed. This is David E. Kelly, mighty player Kelly Connell, who uh, was a regular on Picket Fences. He was also on uh, Fresh Prince Buffy, 
and will be back on Boston Legal as a separate character. He was also in Spider-Man 2 with Donna Murphy. And don't worry, he played Sklar on Star Trek Voyager. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. Always welcome. I love Comic-Con. privilege. We're her lawyers, Doctor. I understand that, but there may be some things that have nothing to do with this case. Things she might not... It's up to us to decide what's relevant to this case. I'm sorry, but I don't agree. I'm going to talk to Marie first, and then I'll talk further with you. I think it's kind of neat that, you know, in the, in the past month or so on our show, uh, Bobby's been sort of uh, all over the place, I guess is a, a good way to say it. But sure. as he's being portrayed here, you know, when we don't see the office drama, we don't see his personal drama, he's re he got his shit together, he's real slick, he's doing his gig. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Now, of course, when compared with someone who was pratfalled five times in 15 minutes, <laughs> pretty much anybody who was able to remain upright, it seems <laughs> like they have their shit together. That's fair. That is fair. There is no special protection for heterosexuals. Okay, stop it right there. We're going to do something very important. Who's that Who's that Guys, that judge is Tony Amendola. Now, if you have been paying attention so far in the practice, you know... He has already been on the practice, but as a different character, uh. which means it is time for... We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before, but now you get twist the residuals arriving at your door. So welcome back to the practice. I'll pretend that I don't recognize that I saw you in season two and Holy shit, Keith. That was the longest bumper we've ever had. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like it I feel like we need it. It is to, a full on return of an actor in a different character for the first time. Keith, you know, we didn't talk about it earlier. I'm gonna quickly mention it. Uh you know, April is about when, you know, the baseball season starts. I know you're not a baseball guy, but in nineteen ninety eight this was the season that Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire had the home run race. Oh, sure. I remember reset that. that. Reset the, the, you know, but it turned out they were both juiced to hell on steroids. Which brings me to my point, which is we're juiced to hell on something because not only did you record that new bumper, I actually recorded a bumper this week. We are firing on all the steroid cylinders. We are so hopped up on Allie McPractice. Because of his or her sexual identity. Then Look, I I'm not saying it's right. I'm not defending Mr. King on principle. The law, as written, says you no can't fans yet. against no fans. Th There is no such ban on it's discriminating true. against straight people. But, Miss Thomas, we are dealing with the same principle here. Come on. Your Honor, the plaintiff was not fired because of sexual identity. He was terminated because what he couldn't that perform sound a function of the job. Unclear. Being gay. <laughs> May I? Please. <clears throat> we just love... 
you know, it would be so easy to just not have a nameplate visible for the judge. You could have him be a different guy, but just don't have a different name. Like, Well, but he wasn't a different judge. In fact, he played Dr. Alvin Traub, oh, who right. was the unscrupulous therapist in The Means. To live in a politically correct world, it's so evolved, isn't it? But where along the way did we pass the law against common sense? Why don't you tell me? This is a French bistro. When people go there, it's not just to eat, it's to dine in the ambience of culture. They want to feel elite, sophisticated. A good gay waiter can make the patrons feel that way. They have that snobbish little entitlement thing going, you know. People like that. Gays are elitist snobs. Uh, the waiter kind are. First, they're smarter. Uh-huh. Gay waiters. Yes. <laughs> the look on his face is amazing. Uh... So, Keith, I went to a burger bar, a burger place last weekend, and uh, it was during my... Did I already tell the story? Oh, my God. I'm losing track now. I think so, but I also don't really listen that hard, so... When I went to Coney Island, I st- we, me and my wife went to this place. Anyway, it was a burger pl- joint, and nobody was there, and the waiter was treating it like we were at a five-star restaurant. He was like, I hope that everything, all the items have been prepared to your liking, and blah, 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 blah. I was like, we're at a, bur- a burger joint. Why, why do you? Why are you talking like that? Speaking of tonal inconsistencies, I don't know if he was gay or straight. Really didn't matter. They Good grow story. up reading more books, probably looking <laughs> to find an answer as to why they're homosexual. Plus, they're terrible at sports. Which I feel like I definitely told to that story last is, week, so I, I had to cop out. They want to work in the arts. They end up waiters, way overqualified, bitter, snobby. I mean, people have come to expect this when ordering a fruity wine. That little silence beat there was perfect. so they're defending who are they defending they're defending the restaurant which fired the waiter who was straight when they found out that he was straight because he had been pretending to be gay while as a waiter I guess I guess I am never going to court with you again. I am not going to be associated with your bigotry. Georgia, or... lend me your shoe. What? You can tie this into my shoe again. Just, just, just give it to me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come on. So far, all of the plot, yeah. the plot keywords have been hit, <sighs> except for man hits woman. I to sell this. Better to have you model it or me. What possible connection? Everything is about presentation. It's the same for restaurants as it is for shoes. What's inside doesn't count, Georgia. It's how things look. Fish isn't. Well, that was weird. Sure did. <clears throat> He sure, he sure did. It was weird. Keith, the only show I've ever shoot. seen with more bumpers than our show is Ally McBeal. Right? Yeah, a lot of great aerial shots. Is this the bar you reference? Oh my god. I would just like to take my thighs and squeeze his head. Wow. Poughkeepsie? Thirsty. I'm mainly yeah. into Patton Law. So she's basically she's playing you. Why would anybody be into something that... I'm honored. Oh, by into it, I mean it's my job. I didn't mean I'm stimulated by it. Are you easily so this is, stimulated? Uh, Renee's date with Isaiah Watts. Uh, and she he just grabbed his ass. ass? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, yeah. grabbing of pieces time I've written by David E. Kelly. Apparently he's got a thing for that. Do we not see Helen Gamble appear? She gave uh, you I can't give that away. to talk to us. You said so yourself. That doesn't mean I have to. 
I'm not comfortable in court. I'm not comfortable getting a reputation as an expert witness. Doctors compromise the their integrity when they become witnesses for hire. So we won't pay you. Doctor, we're only asking you to help your own patient. Just testify to the blackouts. I can do that by affidavit. I'll swear to her blackouts, her seizures, the anxiety. We need to convince a jury that will be hard to do with affidavits. I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable. Doctor. No. Then I'll subpoena you. I don't think you want to do that. We have a client charged with murder. You're the guy who can speak to her insanity. If I cooperate, there's no guarantee. The guarantee is that I'll come after you for perjury. The cards on the table, yeah, you Bobby. seem like a Play nice guy. I only care about Marie Hansen. Now, we've tried being polite. If that doesn't work, I'll play ugly, but I'll have you in that witness chair. If I have to beat the truth out of you as a hostile witness, I'll do that. You decide. I'll say that, and I don't know if there's any uh, crossover here, but the shots look very similar, meaning that, I mean, the, the visual quality. So I'm, what you know, not pre- uber saturation the practice but once they started saturating a little bit more i wonder if that was a direct result of some of the work being done on alley because they look very similar yeah that's actually a really good point the saturation does look relatively similar i think it's a little more saturated than the practice but not much and the shots are set up similarly because it's directed by the same people very often that's why like michael schultz has directed many episodes of the practice so far already I don't think you endeared yourself. Now you good cop him. He's okay, he just needs a push. That was a little good cop, bad cop. Don't you think it would be better to fill us in on the strategy? I just decided on the fly. I'm Bobby Donald, I can do whatever I want. Uh -huh. Have you looked at me? Yeah. So your roommate Wait, that external well, she's looks late. similar again. She's got a very well, big case. Sure, it's on the same lot. Hmm. Have you guys ever gone up against each other? Actually, we have. Would you like to be up against me? <laughs> wow, laying it on a little thick. Ooh. You know, I love she's, how you she's fairly direct. The time. She's the female Bobby. No, Bobby's the person, the female mm. Lara Flynn Boyle. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> he just suck her finger? I think he did, yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. Slow down. <laughs> You're right. Wait. Michael. What are we here for? You just said, don't you want to be up against me? We practically me? tore each other's clothes off on the dance floor, Renee. Practically? Let's keep it practically for a while. Okay. It's pretty clear non-consent. Yeah. It's like a little tease thing, huh? I can do that. Because <laughs> no, I was serious about that one. Let this be a lesson, gentlemen. Mm. Even if she's super flirty, okay. you know, people you change their minds. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? This is your game. Come on. Oh, Ooh. oh Did you ever shit. Hit me? She just hit, slapped him, he slapped her back. Hard. And Keith got a text. I sure did. We're all going to listen while he reads it. <laughs> no, it's from a possible cat adoption place. Oh, interesting. I got one you can have. He's a monster. Awesome. <laughs> 
Um, so while Keith potentially no, I, adopts I, no, a I'm cat... No, I'm going to be professional. I'm going to move on. I'm going to... We need to find out what happens. Yeah, I think that uh, we've we've reached a point in the podcast, Keith, where we would roll your brother's bumper, soon to be recorded, because I think you, as a straight white liberal male, need to tell us about abuse towards women. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> yes, let me explain what consent is. <laughs> oh, she punched the shit out and did a reverse karate kick. She judoed the shit out of him. And, and he's he out. is out cold on the floor. Those are some great sound effects there. And great stunt work by her. Yeah. And Allie has arrived. How'd you do For once, go? she's not the one on the floor. That's true. That's the sixth person who's hit the floor. Oh, she fucked him up. Is he alright? He's being, being taken, taken away on a stretcher. Sure. You say he slipped? Yeah. Here we go. Wait, why is the EMT wearing a UPS uniform? <laughs> they spent all their budget on the helicopters and music. <laughs> well, Renee, you got all of aggressive. I know, but... But what? What were you thinking bringing him here? You barely know the guy. He's a patent lawyer. Dangerous could he be? Even so. Even so what? I can't bring a guy home for coffee without expecting to be mauled. I am saying that you can lead a man by the penis, but it's the wrong way to tame him. Wow. <sighs> this scene was written by a man. Of course I'm That that's not even the issue at hand for me. I mean the the consent thing, yes, that's a conversation that we should have, will have. But he he slapped her hard in the face. That's a red line for me, Keith. Well, Yes, yes, you one would imagine. Yes. You don't you don't come back from that. Although I have to Not say, in the in the shot we saw previously about you. where they screwed up the UPS outfits, right? They did one thing. When he was down, we saw the bottoms of his shoes, which mm -hmm. were really it's beat up and old, which was a nice little of detail I want there. To help her. But <clears throat> Are you familiar with the past life phenomenon? Never read about it. Do you believe it? Not really. Well, let me tell you, I've always considered it quackery. But I used hypnotherapy as part of my treatment on Marie Hansen. And after a few sessions, she started talking in a voice from somebody who lived a hundred years ago. Who? Her name was Dolly Levi. Lizzie Borden. I beg your pardon. Lizzie exactly. Borden? The Lizzie Borden who killed her parents with an ax. And I believed it. The thing she started saying. <laughs> I don't mean to sound skeptical. Oh, Here we go. Skeptical? How can you not be? The idea is ridiculous. And that's why I don't want to testify. If I get on the stand and say, Lizzie Borden, I'm a front page joke, my practice will be over. Now, this is where David gets us always. Because he'll he'll concoct something absolutely ridiculous, right? Right. Where you where you roll your eyes and you're like, oh boy, here we go. But then flip it to something that is like is completely legitimate. Like the reason this guy doesn't want to testify is because it's, look, I want to help her, yet this ridiculous thing is going to make me look like an asshole, which is right. completely believable. And puts him in an interesting position, the therapist. Yeah. Love 
lot of looks are like, oh, what am I gonna do? Have a seat. Yes, I'll take that message. And uh, where is Mr. Fish? Ah, I convinced him that since he made such a, a lasting impression, he wouldn't actually have to be present today. Look at that little Thank dog you. statue on the desk. But, Your Honor, deep... Dog. Deep, deep dog. inside the absurdity of the words that leave his mouth, there is some truth. Businesses everywhere lead with window dressing. I am heterosexual. And the suggestion that I might know less about wine or pastries. The idea that I might be deemed less credible because I'm straight. Well, I find it all repugnant. In fact, I'm flat out sick of it. Yes, counsel. The court shares your outrage. All right, let's do it. Guys, pretending to be gay to sell pastries. Straight guy? That is Al Pugliese. Pugliese. Pug... Puglesi. Puglesi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're the Italian. Yeah. Make you do it. God, I'm, I feel... This is a moment where I... I think about the podcast sometimes, and I'm like, well, if this ever becomes a thing and is successful, what is, what is the thing I'm going to regret most about what we've done this far? <laughs> and beyond all of the uncomfortable discussions with you about all of your thirstiness, beyond all of the political discussions of, on dicey topics, beyond all of my uh, uh, liberal, soft-shelled liberal mansplaining, I think the thing I'm going to regret most is bungling so many names mm -hmm. that yeah. I feel that it, w it just would take t 10 more seconds to find out how to pronounce these names before I said them, but I just won't do it. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to do this for myself. Puglazy feels right. I should have known how people say their names, but I didn't want to do something like play video games, so I'm not the better podcast. Some would even say you're Puglazy. <laughs> However, Mr. Hurt, you might want to work this out. Wait, did we talk about what shows he's been on? Oh, right. <laughs> he's been on American Horror Story, Judging Amy Dallas, Murder, She Wrote, and Community. If you haven't watched uh, the first episode of the new season of American Horror Story of in Murder, 1984, it's pretty awesome. Okay. Discrimination. And practically speaking... Well, what, what are you saying? I'm saying that since the law doesn't help, you'll be relying solely on a jury. And there are a lot of people like Richard Fish out there. Look, I, I, I'm not denying that marriage is an insidious institution. I don't dispute that love dies in the short run, leaving only hate and contempt to fester. What I do object to is that every time a husband is found chopped to pieces, we automatically say, had to be the wife. Marie Hansen is a rich woman. If she wanted her husband dead, she would have hired somebody. Common sense. Oh, boy. Good, huh? It's never too soon to contaminate a jury pool. Good, you think that helps? What kind of <laughs> lawyers are you people? All right. Never mind, all right. The guy I'll went make on sure TV. it doesn't happen again. Let's talk about Dr. Peters. Lizzie Borden. It's the doctor saying it, not me. She's probably faking it to set up her defense. If she were faking it, don't you think she'd use something a little less far-fetched? I had a cousin who was convinced she was Helen Keller in a prior life. Happiest person I ever met. She'd walk around all day, joyous, saying, I can see, I can hear. <laughs> gotta talk to Mrs. Ah! Hansen. I'd like to speak to Dr. Peters again myself. You turned him on oh, testifying? Brilliant. I didn't turn him. I think I softened him. That shit was funny. I said we either take the case outright or we just walk away. I don't know. 
the money's pretty good. These people are nuts. That case guy, all that moment business. I did some checking. He pulls that in court. What do you mean? Open court, middle of trial, he takes a moment. And fish. Do we even need to discuss fish? Now we're going in there arguing insanity, and these people here are the inmates. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to our unisex bathroom. Bobby, I had a dream last night that you and I had unprotected sex. Ah! I knew you better. <laughs> it is you. She oh, is just, just here you. To see this cozy. Michael Kukowski. <laughs> I like a fresh bowl. <laughs> see, I love this scene because you have. Yeah, sure. One show You're commenting kidding, right? on the other show in a very self-aware way. Me. You slapped him. Yes. Then he slapped me. And that's when you knocked him out. Yeah. Right around that time, yes. What? The guy wants to press charges? You broke a bone in his neck, Ms. Raddick. He deserved it. The guy was out of line. He literally broke his neck. It's not a theory I would expect the jury to accept. We might consider simply saying blackouts. I understand. Now, Mrs. Hansen, one I'm about to say next is a little delicate. It's something I've never said or, or done before. Are you Lizzie Borden? Like, literally. This, uh, this other firm... Cage and Fish, I don't believe it's in your best interest to let them represent you. I'm very uncomfortable saying this, truth be known. I'm, I'm betraying them here, but my ethical obligation goes to the client. I just think that the lawyers at this firm are... They're just a little odd. Well, I, I've used they, them before. They, they are. With great success. I mean, one of them morphed into a do panting dog at a meeting. Important theory, and it is possible yeah, credibility so will be a challenge. We really challenge talked about this, that in the bar meeting. This particular firm might not be up to. Do they know you're here telling me this? I I wanted to tell you first. I'm off he to tell them now. He just said that. In the meantime, just they didn't know. Just think about it. it. Seems to me you're asking me to trust a person who doesn't put a high premium on trust. My duty isn't to them. I mean, I'm trying to help you out, lady. You you killed a guy. I'm not sure I need you to like mom me about trust. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Although, you know, we know Bobby does have trust issues. That's true. Where do you Is get off? Inappropriate time our to backs. talk about equity. On and off with the interest in the of the firm. That divisiveness <laughs> does not help the client. You have no experience doing homicides. That's why we came to you. As long as we get our fees. Quiet. We came to you because of your experience, and then you run behind our backs. This place is just a little too eccentric. This place is filled with good lawyers. A gypsy. What's the point of getting us kicked off? I didn't go to get you kicked off. I went, look, you people have more influence with her than I do. That's what I perceive as the problem. If we're going to make strategic decisions that are borderline absurd, I'd rather she be influenced by me than you. It's that simple. If it's that simple, you could have just said that to us. <sighs> Allie. Who said we weren't prepared to defer to your judgment? Who, Who said you'd always consult me? He just showed up on TV. You people are loose cannons. Do you have Guys, any idea what league you're in now? This woman killed her husband. She took a hatchet. He won't free her by taking a moment. Poughkeepsie. Look, you brought me in. I'm in. You want me out? She wants me out? Fine. I think he's my favorite. While I'm in, everything oh, he's I great. live and breathe goes into getting her acquitted. I'm not the selfish one here. 
Ellie, the police are here. They want to talk about Renee. Her roommate almost killed somebody. Have you given any thought to my dream? <laughs> you know, that that is the first time I have ever seen somebody try to seduce somebody by saying her roommate almost killed somebody. Mm -hmm. But if you go and you watch <laughs> what she hey. did there, it's what Kowski did was amazing. Now, Keith, the underscoring here, and let's see if I'm right, I hope so, yeah. is telling me that we're going to have a moment that is not comedic, but serious. Uh, Allie indeed. is confronting Bobby in the elevator, but the 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 underscoring was a bit more mellow and a bit more, hey, let's yeah, talk seriously Every time seriously you have here. a clarinet, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's time to talk. I should bring I a, said, a clarinet every hey. time I'd have like... No, no, you make crazy sound like it's worse than deceitful. If I were deceitful, I wouldn't have come here to tell you. You only told us because you know the client would have. Get out of my face. I'm in your face. So am I. I'm, I'm just shorter. Look, you people have a nice, friendly firm here, lots of bright colors, but if that woman goes down for first degree, it's not going to another meta another meta moment able to hold hands yeah. it does matter that our lawyers work together look i'm prepared to do that then do it either we're a team or we're not okay and that's number six. six shoes she just crashed into the doors of the elevator and went down for number six well, we got a, time we got a, a comic book sound effect there when she threw her shoe she sure we sure did I've heard about this guy, Donald. There's nothing more sleazy than a lawyer who's a Excuse me, it's McDonald's? <laughs> Thank you. You think you should have gone behind <laughs> our backs? Well, if he told you first and was afraid that you'd go running off to tell the client, you know? What's going on? I'm sorry, this, this isn't my call. What's going on? They're gonna arrest hey, her. Never mind. We gotta book you on assault. What? They sure you are. kickboxer, you broke the guy's neck. Only mm. a little. Renee, this guy's a respected a attorney. Who came at me? I'm not going to argue the merits. We don't want to do this, but politically, Hamburg's afraid if we don't file. You're taking me in? I've arranged to do the arraignment in chambers to avoid any confusion. Oh. you got to be kidding me. we got to go. No cuffs. So, looking at IMDb, I think we missed it in the opening scene, but as a practically... An extra and what's next? police officer was Daniel Day Kim. It's oh. a slippery I totally slope. missed Once it. Once you start giving that kind of quid pro deus ex affirmative heterosexual action, where does it stop? It's enough. They run the Republican Party. <laughs> Potential jury out there, they heard that. You think that's funny? What the hell is wrong with you? Billy. I have had it. This firm is a joke. We do stupid cases. We look like clowns. We get a big case. And look how we act. Allie faints at the crime scene and calls our client a killer. You go on TV and say it's the wifely thing to pick up a hatchet. And you, you keep blurting out Poughkeepsie and flushing toilets by remote. We're a joke, <laughs> and I'm embarrassed to be here. I'm embarrassed. You're on the wrong show, buddy. Just hop over to ABC. I'm sure it's on the same lot. What did you think? Oh, there's that clarinet, buddy. Yeah. Gonna have what a serious beat here. This case, it's a chance for us to play on another level. A level I want to play on, I can play on. Nobody doubts that. We all doubt He's the it. Bobby of this office. Little League, we practice hit-and-run law. Our expertise is squeezing out... Keith, is it possible that they are the lead counsel on this case right now, and so we're on their show? 
Is it possible that the resolution of this episode is that they pass lead counsel to Bobby's firm, in which case we have to pick it up the next night on ABC on the practice? Oh, my God. Are you describing some sort of a crossover situation? Oh, my God. More competent. You crack the I case, Gumshoe. I really believe that. We shouldn't have to run outside for help. Sometimes we need it. Billy, we're kids. Bobby Donnell isn't that much older than us. He's five years more experienced. Didn't you see them laughing They're at us? They're all basically the same age. <laughs> Couldn't you see that? You're right, much more saturated. Even so, still. you want a probable cause here? Probable cause. I had probable cause to break his head. I assume you're not entering that into the record. We don't want probable cause. Oh, you prosecute and defend now, Harry? PC is a formality, Renee. It'll just drag it out. Unless I win. You want an outside opinion from somebody who'll be making that cause? Hmm? Kickboxer, broken vertebra. This will survive probable cause we'll plead we not guilty that judge i'm this? assuming no bail we want an immediate trial one witness we can get uh through this we've seen her before Joke. i believe on the practice i think it's uh elena reed hall he killed my pigeons that's what she kept saying over and over and over he killed my pigeons what do you think she meant i had no idea until i looked it it's up the shrink again lizzie borden had accused no. her father of chopping off the heads of her pigeons there was an obscure theory actually that that was her motive for killing him she said this all under hypnosis. She also said he chops off dead feet. Dead feet? There's a Lizzie Borden Historical Society in Fall River and even... All right, hold on. Family. I have to make two corrections. Uh, one, she has not been on the practice before. Uh, she was never actually on the practice, but she has done things like ER, uh, the Blues Brothers animated series. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And uh, many episodes of Sesame Street. The other mistake I made is uh, previously I referred to Peter McNichol as Gil Bellows. Not the same people. So uh, if we, if there's ever an Ally McBeal practice, I don't want them shouting at us when they do their crossover. Fair. You know, now I feel like we need to say the judge's name again and roll the bumper. Okay. Fair is okay, fair, okay. fair. All right. All right. It's you No, know, it, it really is only fair. In retrospect, that judge is Elena Reed Hall. That's it. Then three days later, they call back all excited. Evidently, Lizzie Borden's father at one point worked as an undertaker. He used to chop off the feet of the corpses. To and this has been your two minutes of random facts about Lizzie Borden. Thanks for joining us. Undersized coffins. I'm telling you, Marie Hansen knew all this stuff. Again, is there any chance she could be faking this to set up a defense? Yes, yes there's plenty but of I chance. I really think I would know. Faking hypnosis is not easy. Plus, which it wouldn't make much sense to fake Lizzie Borden. It's too preposterous. And also, la, 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 you already said that. Da, 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 da. Let's not forget Lizzie Borden was deemed innocent of killing her parents. No, she did it. The jury just took pity on an orphan. Look. Before you all get carried away, I'm prepared to take the stand to talk about the seizures, the temporal lobe disorders, and the blackouts. We may need the other, doctor. All I have, Mr. Donnell, is my reputation, my medical integrity. If I get up and testify about past life, if I say I think my patient may have been Lizzie Borden in a prior life, I don't think that will help her, but it will definitely ruin me. Dr. Peters. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't ask you to stand up and say I don't think that new. would help her. I'm I, sure we'll get into it in the next episode, but like 
as a jury member, like it's oof, it seems pretty desperate. Yeah, it sure does. That's that's a rough one for sure. Don't believe in, but if you do believe it, how can you not stand up? Can I think about it a little more? Sure. Well, I mean, I guess you could you could split the hair, right, Keith? I could say that, you know, this is what she did under hypnosis. I'm not saying that I believe she was Lizzie Borden in a past life. I'm saying that she believes she was Lizzie Borden in a past life. Well, it certainly sets up a pretty decent insanity defense. Right, that's not... Mm, that, that's... So, like, it, it, well, it, it depends. Are they arguing insanity, right? Or are they arguing not guilty because Lizzie Borden did it? Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, okay. there's not a lot of there's not a lot of case law on that one. Past lives, we should uh, line up experts just to see if that's viable, Billy. I think we should also get mock jurors. If this thing falls flat, we need feedback. Okay, good. If you can do that, I'll handle the witnesses, and Eugene can handle the investigation. We should also get our own forensic guys, uh, just to be sure we don't get surprised. Okay, we all got a lot of work to do. We should get to it. Who are you? Allie's My back to watching Frank. old movies. Frank, I'll listen. I think that's Cagney. You ever start, you fool? Fool, eh? Frank! Frank! She still looks completely horrified. Like, has she. She's like 28 years old. She's never seen, like, violence on a movie. Ellie. I mean, her faces are insane. Why does everybody come in here and say Ellie? And, and don't say because it's my name. I know it's my name. I don't need to retain outside counsel to remind me of my name. I know my name. The doctor is the key to our defense, and we agreed that you might be the best person to handhold him. Assuming, of course, he doesn't say your name. Good one, Bobby. You think we're all from Mars here, don't you? I never said which planet. A little bit. Just, yep. just Fox. I think you're from Fox. I know this is a good place, <laughs> but yes, you, you, you people. Different are... firms have different ways, Bobby. And different shows have different ways. Way. Take that well, fourth wall. Well, uh, at the end of a day, we all go downstairs and we dance. That's office policy. A little. But but our, our long-term policy would be, um, well, it, it's probably to bounce our kids on our knees with them being able to look into our eyes without seeing anything hard or or jaded. Mm. And oh, you think snap. that's what I am? Well, I wonder. Do you ever have any fun? Is that the philosophy of this firm? Fun? The philosophy is there's more to life than being a lawyer. Bobby's getting a little thirsty looking here. And I don't mean golf. Sounds great, but you can't make a circle without first making the ends meet. Ah, oh, and that sounds even better. What's Lindsay going to say about this flirtation? Do you ever right? um, want kids? Well, I, it, it's just a question. I'm, I'm not volunteering to carry them to term. I, it, the <clears throat> Do you? <laughs> Someday. Well, for the sake of their innocence, you might want to cling to your own. What, what's Damn. left of it? 
Damn. Double Oof. cut. Just taking some swings. I'm to plead guilty and just go to jail. Things might make more sense than there. Renee. The guy was out of line, Allie. I'm not saying that he wasn't. And why do you keep going, Renee? Do you like the sound of it? Does this sound like a food item one of your clients, gay waiters, would recommend? Renee. What? The guy was wrong with what he did, but if you don't take some of the responsibility here, there is something wrong there, too. Thank you. Look, I think Allie's awesome, Keith. I think Allie yeah. is awesome. But I state for the record... Okay. She is no Lindsay Dole. Okay. Well, <laughs> under what categories, please don't be thirsty? You. And your problems. I'm just saying. Which go on and on and on. <laughs> when I need a little support. You're also here to tell me where to go when you think I need to hear it. And that is what I'm doing now. I'm going to my room. You hurt the guy. You're, you're a kickboxer. I can't you believe I was being weird neck. about your brother earlier. That was that was <laughs> so bizarre. He's a creep. We definitely have, have like crossed some sort of a line. Yourself, how this happened. <laughs> Oh, it's all in fun, Sean. I've I don't know who's fun. <laughs> Surely like, not yours. But <laughs> Meanwhile, we're away. clearly we're avoiding talking this. about this storyline. Yeah. I didn't mean to really hurt him. I know. And it's okay for you to say that. You don't have to walk around with this I meant to kick his head in bravado. Yeah, self-defense. Let's Come just leave on, it there. Let's get something to eat. He slapped yeah, you and grabbed your I boobs. Am. Unsolicited. Well, That's enough for a grab kick a bite. to the face. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I mean, the, all right. So let's break it down. All right, let's do it. Let's 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 be brave podcasters. Okay. Okay. So you could you could say that she hit him first, so that his hit on her could conceptually be self defense on his part. However, obviously that that doesn't work with the male female uh, dynamic. But I think actually the instigating incident is. Her, him grabbing her after she had removed consent so therefore kind of whatever happens downstream of that is on him to an extent and especially since she hit him to get her to stop groping her when he hit her back he escalated to the point where she had to in order to protect herself do whatever it took to get him to stop yeah i think and escalation so is the is the proper argument there because if it had happened uh, devoid of all of the initial consensual back and forth thing, I'd say that you had there's some hairs to split. But she she turned him away on the couch. He pursued her. She tried again to get him away. He continued the pursuit. She then shoved him. He slapped her. She slapped. Right. Or she slapped. You know, like you said, it, yeah, it escalated and, and, there. No, exactly. I mean, she she hit him with the purpose of backing him off. When he hit her back. It put her in a position where she would be justifiably afraid for her life, and it's not like she knocked him out and then kept hitting him. Right. She sort of hit him in a in a quick combination of hits, where it, I don't think it was reasonable to think that she intended to kill him. She intended to do whatever it took to defend herself. So there's also I, there's for, further hairs to split too. We won't get in the weeds about it, but I mean, if they, they made mention that she's a kickboxer, which muddies the waters, but truth be told, unless you're a professional fighter, that's the only time where you have to license your hands or whatever as deadly weapons or whatnot. So I don't think whether she takes karate or kickboxing or whatever her training is really makes an impact here. If she's not a professional in that way. 
Yeah, well, and it's also like she didn't shoot him. Like even if she is a professional kickboxer, boxer, she took non-life-threatening or con- from her perspective, la- non-life-threatening steps to protect herself, which I think kickboxer, not kickboxer, whatever. I think that's fair. I mean, she did throw a reverse kick and then end with like some sort of uh, crane maneuver from Karate Kid, but you know. I mean, she's just good at it. Yeah. Did she just make kung fu sounds? Sure did. All right, so we are at the bar here, and if you look on your left, the backup singer number one is played by Tony winner Renee Elise Goldsberry. Yeah, she's so young. Big criminal defense lawyer now. I just want to know what it feels like. Oh, I hope you like it. Thanks for they're, reminding they're me. They're married, too. these two? Oh, what? They are, yes. Yeah. I'm just someone you run to. Are we? Are we what? A joke to the outside world? The outside world just doesn't get the joke. Fishism, here's a real question. Do you think those twins ever get lucky? <laughs> Not that lucky. Who has the honors? John. Hey, Rochambeau for Who Dances With Me? We're the song after the night, Kevin. Oh, Bobby comes in with his huge Bobby's tie. Suit, suit tie. But it's, it's like, it's loosened by like a quarter of an inch. But the knot's still so huge. So huge. See, these musical numbers are a hallmark of the show. Alright, here comes Bobby Donald. Oh, and Bobby is looking at Allie. The nerdy twins. He's got a got that smirk on his face. He says, "I'll see you in literally. I'll see you on another network in 30 seconds." Got a lot of good singers on this show. I know she's singing her face off. Can't lose. That's Vonda Shepard singing. Oh, Bobby is was a little smitten there. I think Bobby's thirsty for Allie, guys. I can't blame him. Okay, oh, we have done Allie McPractice Part Woo! 1. That was exciting. That was really exciting. And Degs refuses to turn off the music. Over the credits. Cross over. Practice how it would be. Sing over the credits. You stinker. You stinker. You stinker. All right. Wow. You have watched your first episode of Allie McBeal. Keith, I have to say, 
I really enjoyed that. It's a really fun show. I mean, it took a little while to get over the weird tonal shift, but yeah. I could be into that. All right. Well, guys, in 19 years, when we're done the practice, <laughs> and then 12 years after that, when we're done Boston Legal, Spin we can off. circle back if we're still alive, if yep. we have not died of heart Interestingly, failure. my hair will look very similar. <laughs> Your hair's getting a head start. The rest of you still looks 22. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> well, guys, you know what it's time for. It is time. How, where the hell is it? God damn it, Keith. You know, hold on. I loaded. Oh, I don't know why I put it there. Okay. It is time for, and I haven't heard this yet. Ladies and gentlemen. The Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsie! Oh my god! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, <laughs> guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now... Here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. Oh my! What the hell are the oopsies? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That was—I have never seen you put that much effort into anything in your entire life for the twenty-some odd years I've known you. I really thought you would enjoy it, man. Holy shit! <laughs> wow. Wow, guys, the show's going to be that much better. <laughs> what do you think? One more again, maybe? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice podcast in unofficial, unsolicited, association with David E. Kelly Productions proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the Oopsies? Wait, is that Jackie Hoffman? I can neither confirm nor deny. It does sound like her, though. It really does. Oh, my God. Her agent probably wouldn't really want her to have us confirm that it's her, but we can say that it surely sounds like Jackie Hoffman's stand-up comedian. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you made me play that again. Oh, my. Right. Now, that, now that, guys, is a get. <laughs> Holy shit. I called in the one favor I have. Oh my, yeah, well, like Emmy nominee just this last year. The uh, legendary, hypothetical Jackie Hoffman. Unofficial. Unofficially. <laughs> <laughs> uncredited. Un uncredited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, for the record, all of those Jackie Hoffmans had question marks at the end of them every Many time I said marks. it. That's right. Um, so fucking believable. I'm so excited. So let's well go ahead done. and uh, let's do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> First up. Most uh, 
Ah, uh, well, Keith, I'm going to well, I'm going to uh, give my two nominees, and I will let you uh, discuss their merits before we make okay. a decision. Sound good? I'm going to say oh. that I think the only two people who are really firing on all cylinders. Well, I guess we didn't really get into the waiter case as much, but I'm going to say Bobby Donnell clearly, right? And uh, oh boy, not him. <laughs> Uh, what was what's gonna happen? Can you find it on IMDb? The guy dancing, the guy's husband, is it Gil Bellows? Oh, uh, maybe no, 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 no. I, you mean Greg German, Richard Fish? No, not Richard Fish, the other guy. Oh, oh, like the, the Alley's version of Bobby, yes, yes, that's that's Billy Thomas, yes, Billy Thomas. So I would say, I think, oh, gotcha, yeah. So I would say that I think Billy Thomas. And uh, Bobby Donnell were the two most with it lawyers in this episode. Yeah, well, I, it is interesting. Uh, on Ally McBeal, you're not necessarily finding out who was great at lawyering. It was who was like basic, had a basic level of competence. <laughs> yeah, fair. I can't, I can't, it's her show, but I can't even nominate Allie. I mean, she, all she did was fall down, literally. <laughs> Her lawyering doesn't really stand on two feet. That's not even, yeah, that is not even metaphorical. That is f- full-on literal <laughs> criticism. <laughs> yeah, so who's your call? Uh, I think it's Bobby. For once, Bobby did everything by the book. He was trying to, I mean, that, that last team meeting where he's sending everybody off to do their their different jobs and duties. He's the one who had an um, ethical obligation to the client to let her know that they were kind of crazy over there at the firm. I think that he at least was presented as such. I mean, we know that behind the scenes, he's got his own issues, but I think he was the most skilled lawyer. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. Like just, he was the adult in the room and we haven't seen a lot of lawyering yet. I mean, at at this point, uh, clearly, when we f- on the second half of the crossover, we'll actually get into the courtroom and start doing lawyery things. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I'm with you, Bobby. Congratulations on your MVL for the f- part for Ali McPractice part one. And now it's time for already famous because you've been on TV, getting a paycheck, first entry on your IMDb. Way to go! But you're the best. Okay, so we have to talk about some rules for yeah, this. Yeah, this is a tough one. Crossover. What counts as a guest actor on Ally McPractice Part 1? Now, I have an opinion, but I want to hear yours first. Well, I mean, at the most basic level, I'd say since we're on Ally McBeal, okay. All of our firm our characters would be guest actors in this in this universe now on another level i would say that they have to be guest actors on ally mcbeal not counting the principal actors in our show or ally mcbeal yes oh there's a motorcycle gang coming by my apartment right now Ooh, fun in the really rough uh, rough streets Ooh, of astoria yeah. new york so which one of those two levels do you think we should play by keith i th- my thinking 
is that it should be somebody not on either major show okay. an actual credited guest actor and to, you know to be fair all of our all of our people from the practice are guest actors but they are not guests on our show Correct. they're not guests on out of practice well that being said i think that it would be a, a it would be a difficult sell to convince me that anyone other than donna murphy wins the award this week yeah no question uh i think i think she did some like real acting opposite a cartoon mm-hmm. which is which is pretty impressive like it's, it's tough to get that full cry opposite someone you know, biting the shoulder of another biting the shoulder yeah. with cartoon eyes which it's totally the tone of the show. So I like I there's no criticism there. It's just tonally different because I think it was funny and and charming and and I think Calista Flockhart is fantastic in this role. Uh but yes. So congratulations to Donna Murphy for your best guest actor on Ally McPractice part 1. Which brings us up to you killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show Show Well, this is tough, man, because Yeah There's a lot of people acting in a lot of different shows It is, and I think it should I think the best actor should go to anybody who is a regular on either The Practice or Ally McBeal I think there were so many good beats. I I won a special guest award just for Jane Krakowski because everything she does is literally gold. But she's... That's because you're playing her. No, well, yes, that. And also, she's probably just one of the funniest people there is. But that's just her kind of running in and stealing scenes and then running off. You know, I, I, right, I, can't, right. I can't really give her the this particular oopsie. Bobby Donald does some great work. Uh, Callista Flockhart does some great work. She really even in this bizarrely hyper stylized universe, she's still hysterical and yet can play the other side of the coin, which I think in this world is she does that more than Bobby does or that, excuse me, that Dylan does. That's true. Yeah. Well, she has a, she shows a tremendous amount of range on, yes, you know, not necessarily in this episode, but certainly on Ally McBeal. Like, you know, this episode felt like she was very in the sort of comedic round. Yes. I can see her skill set, although, like you said, it was written, she sort of, it felt one notey, but that's also because I'm coming from the other universe with certain expectations and baggage built in. If I was a regular viewer of Ali, I think maybe I'd appreciated it for more what it is. In fact, I'm interested to see how it translates over to our show next week. Right. Well, and also because, like, her purpose in this particular episode is to rub up against how different the you know Bobby's firm is, and so she had to sort of be ridiculous to cause the friction between Bobby's super staid presence. I also think that Gil Bellows as Billy Thomas does serves that same role. He kind of plays in the universe of Alan McBeal, but also plays in Bobby's world and actually has the the more of the dramatic arc in this episode. Yeah, he, he plays the straight man in yeah. the show a lot. In fact, I really think he had some he had he was written as having the sort of more epiphanies. He had a lot of rev, uh, that big revelation in this episode. I Right. I'm actually torn between him, uh Gil Bellows and Dylan McDermott for a sweep for Dylan. Um, okay. Well, it's time to make a call. 
You know, I really, I just thought he was great in this episode. I think Gil Bellows gets my award. Okay, Gil Bellows. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm sort of torn. I also, like, I thought Greg Gurman is so charming as the asshole in this. Yes, and Peter true. McNichol is just, mm. he had that line delivery that just crushed. But they were, both of those were more seasonings mm-hmm. than driving the plot. Uh, so I think just to be contrary, I'm going to give it to Callista Flockhart. Okay. So congratulations, Callista Flockhart and Gil Bellows. Look at you from a different show winning oopsies. Ah, that's big. That's uh, clearly, I mean, they got to call their agents. Now, Keith, there are no spare tires in Alan McBeal. So do we still award them or do we have to award something else? Oh, no, 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 no. It's spare tires because it's still our show. You're right. That's that's the important part. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare Oh wait, tires no it's not. You just misled me. Not you the first or last off. time. <laughs> no, because we've forgotten one of the other one of the major awards. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. I mean, it's a I'm really glad we didn't forget this because mm-hmm. this is an interesting one because it's a crossover episode. So, all right, who you got? Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. You know, I always come back to the to the rules. Right. You know, a lot of people attempt to beat the man, but to be the man, you've got to beat the man, and and no one has beaten him, and no one has Actually, been him. No uh, one, Eli what? Manning has beaten him twice. I think Nick Foles also did so. He sure did. Uh, look out for the season three Oopsie Awards for the Tom Brady. We might just have them, some uh, some guests peeking up on the graphics. But that all said, they might have beat him, but they still are not him. And in order to be Tom Brady, you have to exist in his person. So, barring any hypnosis and uh, prior life existence, I'm going to have to vote for Tom Brady. Yeah, well, I mean, if you get down to, like you said, get down to the rules, it you know, in order to win this award, you have to be Tom Brady. So, there is a certain logic that, yeah. Uh, congratulations, Tom Brady, for winning the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Ooh. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Hmm. Well, now if it's a spare tire per hour of episode, then I don't know that we <laughs> we have enough to award. Uh, um, it took me a little bit of time. I, I, it's this is really actually a little bit challenging because I ha- there was some there was an adjustment period. There was a learning curve. Right. Uh, I'm not still not sure. I've I've totally understood. I also was a little disappointed. I expected a little more from our firm. We only got a, a couple of, and there was no Jimmy. I mean, that really kind of that's a strike for me. That's true, but to be fair, uh, it was an episode of Ally McBeal. That's true. <laughs> you were complaining that we didn't get enough the practice on a show that's not the practice, but I, I hear what you're saying. I will also say that, and, and this makes sense because it is a comedy that I got more legitimate LOLs than. Generally, I, I mean, because of the writing and the performance on our show, sometimes it's more because uh, of other reasons. Um, <laughs> and for me, laughter is always enjoyment. So 
that that kind of boosts it a little bit. I'm going to say seven spare tires. Seven spare tires. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, I I have the advantage of knowing both shows uh, relatively well. So, you know, it's really difficult to introduce a second cast and a second tone um, in a show like this. I that said. I didn't think it was that strong an episode of either show. It's fair. I mean, it was all it was all fine. It did everything it needed to do. Um I thought the subplot with the gay waiter it oh, yeah. felt like filler what the hell was in a that? show. It, it felt like filler on on a show that really didn't need filler because there's so much going on and so many new people. I didn't understand you know, that's, it's an interesting conversation to have, but if you're going to have that conversation, have that conversation. Do an episode about it. Do we get any resolution of that case? Well, we're going to have to find out next week. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I. So I'm going to say it, it, it. It's tough to see how they. You know, it's like a, it's a two parter, mm-hmm. so it's tough to judge part one, part two. I'm going to give it a six point two five. Okay, I. That means I have to calculate her. Yeah, you do. Mike does math. Mike does math. It's time for Mike to do math. <laughs> oh, no, my calculator's not on my computer anymore. <laughs> Wait, Mike it... is not good at math. Could Mike do... <laughs> wants to do some math, but he can't because he can't find his calculator. <laughs> 6.62. Five. Actually, 6.625, 6. but we don't we round to two decimal places, so 6.63. No, we do the whole thing. Wait, you already knew the answer to that? Huh, I just more fun to watch you scramble. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I used my brain calculator. No, you didn't. <laughs> Bullshit. You're watching me. You, you can see it, my hands. You already had it on the spreadsheet. Wait, you didn't I guess you couldn't have known what my How could I was. have known that? Lizzie Borden. There it is. I used Lizzie Borden's brain calculator. <laughs> well, guys, you know what that is? The end of Alley McPractice Part 1. Stick around next week. We're going to pick this story up back on the practice and finish the Alley McPractice storyline. Oh, God. I just I completely lost track of that sentence started out going somewhere and it disappeared Keith we had so many new members of the jury this week if, if the listeners want to be part of the jury how would they become one you can become a part of the jury by leaving us a rating and a review on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts wherever you get it you can also reach us on at out of practice podcast on Instagram and Facebook we also have a blog site where you can see the definitive list of all of our episodes at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com you can email us like our good friend Tom you can be your own Tom Brady if you want to be Jeff Hostetler you can go ahead and email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com we'd like to thank Sean Varney for our awesome advertisement and for putting up with my sexual harassment (laughs) I'd also like to apologize to all the people in Vermont who I accused of having sex with trees That being said, Keith, laser sounds to you. Laser sounds to you.
What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of One. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20 bucks.